Well, today we're going to be in Luke chapter 24, a special portion of Scripture that tells us that Jesus is no longer in the grave. Can I get an amen? Amen. Luke 24, before I read, would you bow your heads and let's pray. Lord Jesus, we need you today. We need you more now than ever. And would you be that ever-present help in our time of need? Lord, right now, people all over this region are hurting. Families are hurting mentally, physically, spiritually hurting. And yet, Jesus, when you walked this earth, you came to those who were hurting. You came to those who were in need. You came to those who were outcasts, who were forgotten, who seemingly were abandoned. You came to them. And you gave them life. Would you do the same thing again today? Would you do it again, Jesus? Would you come to us, come to a people who are in need, and bring us your life? In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. On the first day of the week, chapter 24 tells us, very early in the morning, the women, they took the spices they had prepared and they went to the tomb. They found that stone rolled away from the tomb, but... When they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look? I love this line. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man. This is what Jesus said. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. (laughs) But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, he got up, he ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Well, you made it. Easter is here. I love Braden did a total old school thing there. Maybe you caught it. We're going to do it again because it was so much fun. We got to do it again. It goes like this. I say, a certain phrase, and then you say the other phrase. Let's see if you can do it. He is risen. Oh, that's so good. Amen. He is risen indeed. Sometimes, some people call this Easter, so happy Easter if that's your thing. A lot of people these days are calling it Resurrection Sunday, which I'm, I'm down with either one of those. You call it whatever you want. I'm just glad you're here. But with Resurrection Sunday, that means this is the day that we say, why are you looking for him among the dead? Because he's not here. He is alive. He is risen. I, I love that verse when the women are said are told, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. But remember, what, he says, he told you, Jesus told you that the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified. But he also told you this, that on the third day, he raised Again, he would be raised again. And that's what Jesus did. He was killed on the cross. Jesus, you guys know the story, right? He died for the sins of the world. But on that third day, he raised to life. And this reality that Jesus is alive, it's the greatest news in history. Because since he's alive, we can be alive. Do you believe that? Because he is alive, we can be alive. Let me explain this just a little bit. The Bible, 
best-selling book, most read book in all uh, of history of all time by far. The Bible tells us this story of God living with His creation, with Adam and Eve. They're made in His image. They're in the garden in Eden. And yet we're told, maybe you've heard this story before, but humanity, they take the forbidden fruit. They take it from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They, they're no longer trusting in God to define what is right and what is wrong. No longer uh, trusting in God to define what is good or bad. But instead, they decide they're going to make those decisions on their own. Humanity, made in the image of God, made to represent God, rebels against their Creator. And that rebellion, that disobedience is still alive and well in humanity today. You see it throughout history. You see it throughout the Bible. You see it right now in our culture. And though none of us would like to admit this, we often see it in ourselves, right? It's a rebellion. It's a selfishness. It's a desire to rule and reign without regard for God. It's incredible, right? Because here we are made in His image. We're we're made to be representatives, to be submitted to Him, representing Him as His image, reflecting Him to the world around us. And yet we've said in many ways, forget you, God. We're going to go our own way in church it's a mess it's a mess it's a mess playing out right now before our eyes men and women without regard to god without regard for his commands deciding choosing what's right what's wrong what's good what's bad but i just want to have you hear me today that's how it's been for thousands of years that's what men and women have been doing for thousands of years and right now it is leading people towards death and destruction. Why? Because sin and rebellion always leads to death and destruction. Now, you kind of want to blame somebody for the mess, right? Anybody else? You want to blame somebody? Human, we're so good at pointing the finger. I mean, this is kind of how it started at the beginning, right? Adam, who did he blame? Eve, who did Eve blame? The serpent? And yet, if we're honest, I was thinking about it just this week. That same spirit of rebellion and disobedience that we're always seeing in others, come on, without Jesus, it lives in us. But I was talking to a really good friend of mine this week, and, and we were saying, you know, you can feel it. Like, you don't even need a pastor to tell you that, right? You just know in your life that your choices, your decisions, that your sin is leading to death. But I got some good news. Some of you were wondering, like, why did I come here today? (laughs) I got good news. God loved you so much right there in the middle of your mess, right there in the middle of my mess, that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever would believe in Him shall not perish, shall not die in your sins, shall not be separated eternally from your Maker, but instead Jesus has made a way for every one of us to receive eternal life with God forever. Amen, indeed. Amen, indeed. When you put your faith in Him, the Bible tells us that God brings us from death to life. Scriptures tell us that we're given a new spirit, we're given a new heart, where we once were enemies of God, hating the things of God. Because of Jesus, that war is over. In Jesus, we are reconciled back to the Father. We're reconciled back into that garden relationship with God, even at peace with God. And that's what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. The Bible says it this way, that God made Him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that in Him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. 
the perfect Lamb of God, the righteous one, the perfectly righteous, perfectly holy one, the righteous dies for the unrighteous, paying the penalty for our sins. But it gets even better. Oh, it gets even better. See, the perfect Lamb of God, that righteous and holy uh, one of God, death couldn't keep him down. I mean... Death couldn't keep him in that grave. That's why we sang, by the way, so loud today. Because, see, he is who he said that he is. He is the perfect Son of God. He is the Son of Man. He is the Messiah, the anointed priest, the anointed king. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he jumped right out of that grave. Death couldn't keep him down. And here's where today is the best day ever. That anyone who believes in Jesus as the resurrected Lord will also go from death to life. Death to life. I'll tell you what. Having Jesus in your life is the most amazing thing. I don't know if you've been through life before or lived before. It's kind of hard at times. But having Jesus, when you put your faith in Jesus, the Bible tells it this way, that not only does Jesus come into your life, like where Christ is in you, But the Bible tells us, and this is just fascinating and amazing to me, it says that you are also in Christ, right? Jesus is in you, but you're also in Jesus. You're clothed with Christ. The Bible says you put on Christ. You're clothed with His righteousness. So when you say yes to Jesus, when the Father now looks at you, He doesn't see all your mistakes. He doesn't see all your flaws. He doesn't see how you blew it, how you screwed up. He doesn't see all those special words you used last night when you watched the Zags game. You know the special words I'm talking about. Right? He, doesn't, he doesn't see sin that always leads to death. No, when He sees you, He sees His Son. This is the good news of the Gospel. Jesus, He is in you, but you are also in Him. And so Jesus, when He died, you too, you died. But as He raised from the grave, so you raise from the grave. That's the good news of Easter, Resurrection Sunday. As He is alive... I am alive. Say that with me. As He is alive, I am alive. It's good news. The best news ever. Now, I want you to hear this, even maybe if some of what I just said doesn't make sense to you. Maybe some of the words I said don't you know, make sense to you. I, I get that sometimes I can talk what I call Christianese. It's just a bunch of big words that we're like, what is He even talking about? But just hear me out. I'm going to try to simplify this for you. See, your Maker... My maker, the one who made me. You ever think about that? Like, what am I doing here? Like, how did I get here? Why? And couldn't have you worked a little bit better? Like, anyone else? But your maker, the one who made you, the one who knows you, the one who loves you, he made you in his image. You were made with intentionality, with purpose. Phenomenal design. You were made with calling. I want to speak this over your life today. You were made for so much more than this world has been telling you. In fact, you were made to be His representative. You were made to be His ambassador, to represent God to a hurting, broken world, that your life, your life, not the person next to you, but your life would reflect His glory. Your life would show His goodness. Your life would reveal His love to the people around you. And where sin has tried to steal that from you, where sin has tried to separate you from your true calling because of His love for you, right here, right now, you don't have to die in your sins. 
right here, right now. You do not have to be eternally separated from your maker. But instead, because of Jesus, you can be alive forever. And this is living. I love saying that. I I just get goosebumps talking like that because I have a hunch there's a few of us in here, probably several of us in the room or online, that even hearing me talk like that, you're getting excited. Anybody else? Right? It's just flowing. It's pulsating through your veins because here's the deal. You are sick and tired of what the world's been selling you. Right? You're done. You are done. I am done. You're done. Like, I've had it with the news channels. I've had it with the celebrities, social media influencers. You can have them. Take them all. Like, you're just exhausted, right? You're exhausted from all the politicians and all the policymakers. You're ready. We are all ready for so much more than what the world has been selling. In fact, I was thinking about this. You're here because God has already been speaking to you. Like long before you entered this room, long before I started blabbering away, <laughs> everything I'm saying, think about it. The reason it's stirring up, think you have goosebumps on your arms, it's just confirming what God's already been speaking to your heart. And the good news is that no one has to leave here today without receiving that purpose, that calling, that life that is found in Jesus. So I'm going to explain this new way of living with three quick points and then we'll get on with our day. The first point is this. Simply that Jesus came to bring life to the lost. He came to bring life to the lost. Now, I'm always losing things. (laughs) And my wife laughs because, you know, praise the Lord for my wife and her ability to find things. Amen for Mary Birch. But I'm always losing things. I'm also thankful, by the way, for this Apple Watch. A uh, good friend, Jesse Mendoza, gave this to me for a Christmas present. Uh, praise the Lord. So maybe you've had one of these. All you have to do when you lose your phone, and I am losing my phone all the time, but all i got to do is I just got to go here and... Yeah, right? Here's the... It's in my pocket. All you got to do is push the little button, and your phone dings. Praise the Lord for the ding. The keys, oh... The keys, yeah. I, I need a ding for my keys. That's true. But church, Jesus doesn't lose things. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and actually, he's really good at finding lost things. Listen to what he says in Luke chapter 15. What man here having a hundred sheep and lost one of them would not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he finds it, he lays it on his shoulders, delighted. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends, calls together his neighbors. He says to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, Jesus says, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Fascinating, isn't it? There's rejoicing in heaven. What that must sound like, what that must look like. Rejoicing in heaven when one person repents and turns back to the Lord. He goes on to say this, What woman having ten valuable coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweeps the house, seeks diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the valuable coin that I had lost. Likewise, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Again, there's rejoicing in heaven when you turn to God. Jesus loves to bring life to the lost. 
Maybe you're thinking, yeah, you know, that's great, Pastor Dan, but you don't know what I've done. I hear this all the time. You, you don't know what I've done. I, I've done too much. I mean, maybe God could save the person to the left or to the right, but never me. You don't know what I've done. I've done too much. But come on. Like, that is the worst excuse ever because the scripture i just read it the scriptures don't say that there's rejoicing in heaven when a perfect goody two-shoe that never does anything wrong repents and comes back to god mine says it's when a sinner turns back to god listen to jesus mark chapter 2 healthy people don't need a doctor you know who needs a doctor sick people do Jesus says, I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, those goody two-shoes. No, I have come to those who know they are sinners. Church, he came for sinners just like me. And without Jesus, I am lost. Without Jesus, we're all lost. We're all sinners. But Jesus came to seek. The Bible says it's so beautiful that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Do you believe that? He came to seek and save the lost. They say it's level ground at the cross. Right? Level ground at the foot of the cross. Rich or poor, king or peasant, famous celebrity, social media influencer, or unknown. All of us are sinners. But also every one of us who turns to Jesus will find salvation in His name. The Apostle Paul writes something pretty spectacular in Romans chapter 3. He says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, if a pastor really wants to make you feel bad, you put a period there and you just go home. But it's not a period, church. Let me finish the sentence. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Can we thank the Lord? He came to seek and save the lost. Praise the Lord. Amen. And by the way, it's not that He just saved you from something, like saved you from death, saved you from separation from God. Of course, that is all true. But we are saved into something. I hope this encourages someone uh, this morning because uh, some of you, you feel it. You just know that there's something missing in your life. Again, you don't need a pastor to say that. You just know something is missing. But see, when Jesus finds you, when He saves you, He saves you into something. He redeems you back into a relationship with God, back into your calling, your destiny, your purpose. You are saved, hallelujah, from death into life. Is that making sense? Are you tracking with me today? Jesus himself, he says, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Have it to the full. Now, some of you watching online, maybe some of you in this room today, you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've never received his death as the payment for your sins, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you know it. You, you feel the weight of your sins today. This is such a good day. It's such a happy day. Let God forgive you. Let Him set you free from it. Just settle it today. Don't wait for tomorrow. Settle it today. Put your faith in Him. Let Him forgive you of your sins. Only God, by the way, has the power to forgive sins. But He will do that if you put your faith in His Son. This is an incredible piece of Scripture. Look at this. The Bible says this. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Some of you, you're hearing this for the first time. I hope it encourages you today. It says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Come on. 
don't wait another day. Let Him find you. Let Him breathe new life into you that you would be saved from death in the true, abundant garden life with God. So Jesus came to bring life to the lost. Point number two, Jesus came to bring life for the found. Jesus came to bring life for the found. I, I want to speak to the Christians in this room for a moment. There's, this one's a passion of mine. If you, you go to LifeSpring at all, you, you know that this is a passion of mine. For 16 years I've been pastoring, and I, I've noticed that Christians, even though in one sense might be saved, in another sense, some of them are, I'll just say, the most miserable people to be around. And of course, I'm not talking about anyone in this room. But they've lost the joy of their salvation. And yes, they will be with Jesus when they die. Praise the Lord. But while on earth, the fragrance has turned a little sour. The garden is not blooming like it once was. I said it this way on Thursday at another service that many are surviving instead of thriving. Maybe you've been around a Christian like this. Please do not elbow the person next to you. But you can feel it, can't you? Their words so full of bitterness and anger and judgment. I mean, let's be honest, they're just not fun to be around. In fact, we actually recorded a Zoom call of one of these Christians. Her name happens to be Debbie. I, I Thankfully, we recorded it, so I think you're going to enjoy watching this uh, together. Debbie Downer was filmed in front of a live studio audience. What's going on? Hey. Hey. Good to see everybody. Hey, so let's talk about this Sunday's service. It's going to be so good. I know. We're having water baptisms. My sister's getting baptized. Oh, with my son. Oh, I hope they don't swallow any water. Did you guys know that waterborne diseases can lead to devastating illnesses such as cholera? schistosomiasis, and a plethora of other gastrointestinal problems. Uh, uh, yeah, well, uh, well, we're going to have a great worship set. Oh, yeah, I love the songs that Ryan chose. It's going to be so upbeat. That drum solo is going to be fantastic. The kids are going to love it. Yeah, but I hope it's not too loud. Didn't you guys know that loud music can cause hearing loss, nerve damage, ear infection, and even brain damage, which can lead to the loss of balance, and sometimes it can even cause death? It's, uh, it's also the number one killer of domestic cats. <laughs> well, well, the sermon will be great. Dan nails it every time. Even my non-church friends love his messages. I get pumped every weekend when Pastor Dan preaches. You just know he's going to bring another great word. I really hope he doesn't say anything to convict me to live differently or to change at all. Plus, 
I'm really deeply hoping that he does not announce any upcoming events because then I have to come up with new excuses as to why I can't come. And uh, it's exhausting. And as we all know, exhaustion is the leading cause of depression. It can lower uh, our immune system functioning, making our bodies more vulnerable to uh, disease and infection. <laughs> Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think we're all set for Sunday. Yeah. Gotta go. See ya. Bye. I sure hope nobody takes my seat in the back corner near the exit. You're enjoying your day. Everything's going your way. Then along comes Debbie Downer. Always here to tell you about a new disease. A car accident or killer bees. You beg her to spare you. Debbie, please. But you can't stop Debbie Downer. It's funny because it's true. <laughs> All right, we're making fun of all of us on that one. But come on, church. We can do so much better than that. We got the hope of resurrection, right? We got the joy of resurrection, the life of resurrection. Listen to Romans 8. This is Paul. He says, the Spirit of God, this should encourage us all today. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, he lives in you. So when you're tempted, and we're all tempted to live like the rest of the world with our words and with our actions. Just remember who you are, Christian brother and sister. Remember who you are in Jesus. Jesus changed everything. And in Jesus, it's a new way to be human. I love the way Scripture says in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, Therefore we were buried with Jesus through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we also should walk in newness of life. So we're raised to a new life. With Jesus. Everybody say new life. It's a new life. It's a new walk with Jesus. Born again, a new heart, a new spirit. And yes, that sin nature is still hanging around. Yes, we can choose to live by that sin nature. But come on, praise the Lord. We got a new nature in us. We got the new nature. We're born again. We got God living in us. By the Spirit of God, we can follow the Lord. And if you're a Christian here today, I don't know what's going on in your life. I'm assuming you've been through a lot. But some of us need an attitude adjustment today. I know I needed one earlier this week. Just ask my wife. She'll tell you all about it. But I'm just encouraging. Do not stay here. Do not leave here the same. Receive a touch from the Lord. Give Him permission to do heart surgery on you this morning. If you've lost your way, and again, you're not the first one. If you're like, man, maybe I've lost my way a little bit, Pastor Dan. You're not the first one to go there. Again, we've all been there. Or maybe you've allowed fear or anxiety to take control. Again, you're not the first person to go there. We've all been there before. Or if you've let anger or bitterness rise up, we've all had those moments. But I just want to encourage, hear my voice today. By God's grace, turn back to God and let Him feel you. He is so for you and loves you. And he's, right now He's with you, Christian brother and sister. Let Him refresh you by His Spirit. Let Him remind you of who you are and whose you are in Christ. Let him do that even right now, even as I'm speaking. You know how it goes. Just open up yourself. Give him permission to move in your life. I want to read a passage real quick. This is written specifically for us as Christians. I hope this thing encourages your socks off today. Listen to this. This is Paul. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. 
Come on, that's our identity. That's our DNA, church. We rejoice in the Lord. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Because the Lord, He's near. You don't have to be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers and sisters, say this with me, church. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. It's time to rise up and to be who we've been called to be. He's got life for you today, my Christian brother and sister. So Jesus came to bring life to the lost. He came to bring life to the found. And my final point is this. He came to bring life forever. Life forever. In Romans, it tells us the death that Jesus died, He died to sin once for all. But the life that He lives, He lives to God. And in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. We who are saved, whether for 50 years or 50 seconds, we can count ourselves right now dead to sin, but alive to God. All because of Jesus. And this is where it gets so exciting. Because a person who is alive to God, think about it. When you're alive to God, you got ears to hear what God is saying. When you're alive to God, you got eyes to see what God is doing. Now, if you're spiritually dead, well, if you're spiritually dead, it's going to be hard to see or hear anything. Why? Because you're dead. (laughs) But uh, you don't even have to go that far in the Bible and history and our culture to see people who are spiritually dead. They can't see or hear anything, right? They can't see or hear the things of God. But yet right here, right now, you can be alive in Christ. This is where it's so good because with Jesus in us and us in Him, we now have the power to bring that vitality of His garden, the abundance of His life, wherever we go. I want you to think about this. So as you go home, if you're alive to God in Christ, as you go home, as you go hang out with your friends and family, as you go on Facebook and you go on Instagram, as you walk the dog on the trail, as you eat that delicious sushi at Hagen's supermarket, (laughs) praise the Lord, that's where I'll be after this is over. But wherever you go, you're going to go spiritually alive to God. Does that get anybody else excited today? I do not have to walk around in my sin. I do not have to walk around in Debbie Downer. I can be alive in God. And I carry the Lord with me and the garden, the abundance of His life wherever I go. Could we just commit to that, church? Could we get a smile on our face today and commit to that? Commit to living the rest of our our days on this earth awake. Aren't you tired of sleepwalking through life? Aren't you tired of just trying to make it, just kind of surviving instead of thriving? Don't you want to wake up full of the power of God and do something? Jesus. Amen. I wrote this down. I said, we have eternal life in Jesus. So let's act like it. With ears to hear. Eyes to see. Ready to obey God. Ready to take His Bible seriously. Ready to be moved and convicted by the power of His Spirit living in us. Commit to that today. But here's the deal, and I'll close with this. If you're like, yeah, I'm all in. I'm ready. I'm, I want to be alive in Christ. I'm, I'm ready to 
live for Jesus. Just want to let you know that some of the rooms you're going to enter, even maybe today, they're going to feel really dark. In fact, they're going to feel like chaos. Some of the places you're going to go, they're going to smell of sin and death. And yet, this is what I speak over you today. With Jesus in you, and you in Jesus, you're going to bring the garden of God. The love, the joy, the peace, and the life of His kingdom into that room. And then Jesus is going to do what only Jesus can do. But He might even do it through you. I hope everyone today chooses that kind of life. Let's watch this together, and then uh, we'll come up and sing a couple songs. The story of the Bible begins in a garden where God and humans live together. And the biblical authors want us to see this garden as a type of temple. The top is the most sacred place, the Holy of Holies, where God's presence is most intense. And that's where we find the Tree of Life. So, what's this tree all about? Well, it represents God's own life and creative power that is made available to others. In fact, God's first command is that humans eat from all of the trees, including this one. So you're ingesting God's own life. That sounds intense. Yeah, this meal transforms the one who eats it. Or in the words of the story, it leads to eternal life. Okay, but on the way to the tree of life, the humans have to pass by another tree called the tree of knowing good and bad. And God says that eating from this tree will kill you. How does it do that? Well, it represents taking the authority to do what is good in your own eyes. And when humans do that... It leads to broken relationships, violence, and death. And so here's the thing. Both trees look beautiful, but one of them is a false tree of life. And the humans take from this false tree of life. And they're exiled from the garden for good. Which raises the question, can anyone ever get back to the tree of life? Well, later on in the story, we meet a man named Moses, and he encounters God in a desert tree on top of a mountain. Oh, you mean the burning bush, where Moses is told that he's standing on holy ground. Yeah, it's a plant on a mountain radiating with God's life and power, just like the tree of life. And God tells Moses, bring your people up to this mountain so we can form a partnership. And this partnership will force them to make a choice. Will they follow gods of their own making or receive life from the true God? And in this story, they give their allegiance to an idol. And it's just the first of many. The story goes on to show generation after generation choosing gods of their own making. And these idols were usually placed on tall hills like beautiful trees. But they're false trees of life that lead the people into self-destruction, exile, and death. It's like death's grip on us is too strong to resist. Is there any hope? Well, let's turn now to the story of Jesus. He came to announce that God's eternal life was available once again through him. So Jesus thinks of himself as the tree of life. Yes, this is what he meant when he claimed to be the vine that brings God's life into the world. And Jesus invited people to eat from him. Yeah, he was inviting people to trust him and be transformed by his life. But Jesus also exposed how corrupt humans are, how much they love false trees of life. And so Jesus presented people with a new choice between life 
or death. And this time, they don't just choose death. They also chose to attack the one who sustains all of life. Yes, Jesus is led up to the top of a hill where he dies upon a tree. The cross is the sad and violent result of humanity's desire to do what is good in our own eyes. The tree of life has been overcome by the power of death. Well, it seemed that way. But Jesus said that he was a seed of God's life that would die in the ground, but then grow into a plant that would bear much fruit. So to defeat death, Jesus went through it. And now this new tree of life stands before us all. We can eat from it, but it will mean passing through death like Jesus, allowing our old way of being human to die. So that a new humanity can grow in its place. Yes, Jesus said, he is the vine and we are his branches. So not only do you eat from this tree, you're invited to become a part of it, helping produce its fruit so that his life and love can spread through us to others. And so the story of the Bible ends in a new garden, which is also a kind of temple, with the tree of life at its center, providing healing and life forever to all who choose to eat from it. Thank you.